Hello, my name is Dr. Paul Wheatley-Price, a medical oncologist and president of Lung Cancer Canada. Welcome to our podcast series called Lung Cancer Voices. In this series of podcasts, I'm interviewing patients, caregivers, healthcare professionals, some of the leading lung cancer researchers in the country, indeed in the world, to highlight important and relevant issues facing those affected by lung cancer. In this special edition of the Lung Cancer Voices podcast, I'm sitting down with Dr. Ronell Myers, who is the inaugural recipient of the Jeff Ogram Memorial Research Fund grant, which is a research grant awarded by Lung Cancer Canada. Uh, so, Dr. Myers, welcome to the podcast. Um, maybe you could just introduce yourself for the benefit of those listening to this podcast. Okay. Well, hi, and thank you for uh, the invitation today. Uh, I am a interventional respirologist and uh, associate professor at the University of British Columbia in BC Cancer. I'm a clinician scientist at the BC Cancer Research Center and um, spend the majority of my clinical time doing lung biopsies for lung cancer. And so I think that's where my interest for lung cancer research came from. Great, thank you for that. And and so the uh, this research grant, which is the the largest grant that Lung Cancer Canada has ever um, has ever awarded, um, was uh, there was a call in the grant in the grant uh, proposal for research projects, particularly that would help with early detection of lung cancer. Um, maybe you could start by just what what's the title of the of your research project that you're running that was the recipient? So it's called breathomics, which is the study of breath, and it's breathomics for the early detection of lung cancer in never smokers. So that's a little bit different because uh, we now know that lung cancer screening, when we screen a patient with a low-dose CT scan, we save lives. We find cancer early. But currently, the guidelines only allow us to do lung cancer screening on ever smokers, so someone who is currently smoking or has smoked in the past. But this is excludes never smokers. Right. And on a previous uh, version of this podcast, uh, I spoke with Dr. Stephen Lamb, who's your colleague, who's one of the national leaders in uh, CT screening. And um, I think the sense is that, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but that CT scans, if we try to scan the whole population, firstly, would be not feasible, but also the risk of lung cancer in people who never smoked well, it's obviously a big problem. It's not a big. It's not a big risk, and therefore, the chances are that you put a whole lot of people through scans and then maybe biopsies and expose them to harm for a relatively low chance of finding anything. That's correct, and that's still one of the problems that exists even with our smokers who are classified as high risk for lung cancer screening, is determining uh, who is the exact population that requires screening. Um, we do note that in, especially at BC Cancer in Vancouver, 37% of all of our lung cancer patients are never smokers. So we know that globally this is becoming a large issue. We see it uh, more in Asian female never smokers. And when we look at Asian populations alone with their incidence of lung cancer that are continual, we know that as the population grows, this is going to be a huge problem. And especially in Canada with our wonderful multicultural population, um, we need to start looking into this. And it was the perfect uh, way to do it for Dr. Lamb and I because uh, we did so much screening with ever smokers. 
Okay, so onto this project then. So it it sounds like, in a sense, that answers the or, or potentially answers the problem of being able to do a test in people who've never smoked that has no risk. There's no danger. We're not sticking a needle in anyone. So maybe you could just kind of s try and simply walk us through the uh, the research study and, and what you're trying to achieve and what you're looking for. So what we want to do is identify never smokers who may be at risk or increased risk for lung cancer so that we could offer them CT scanning with a low-dose CT scan and not put them in harm's way or worry them with unnecessary testing. So to identify that group, we wanted to choose a test that is completely non-invasive, meaning it doesn't hurt, it's not harmful. And that's where breathomics or the study of breath came in. And um, it's, you know, breathomics has been around for a long time. And we know that there's um, studies where dogs can sniff cancer and smell things. Um, back in Hippocrates, they, they, they could smell urine. They diagnosed diseases from the smell of urine, the smell of breath. So this has been going on for a long time. It's just a little more sophisticated now. Maybe I'll just interject there because the, the stories of dogs sniffing out cancer has been around for a few years and occasionally we'll get asked that in the clinic and, and we, I kind of never knew what to say because it sounded a bit... Um, a bit far-fetched, but actually there's something to it. There is something to it. They have such a sophisticated olfactory system that they can actually, there are very small studies showing that if you put tumor and non-tumor samples in front of a dog, it can actually sniff out the one that is a tumor. They're a lot more difficult to train. They're finicky. You need to reward them and they, can, they don't work all day because they are an animal and it's not feasible to have a dog in your clinic, but what would be lovely, I'm sure, at times. Well, I did have a lovely dog called Mika who was in my <laughs> clinic last week accompanying a patient. But anyway, we're getting off topic. So um, so dogs can sniff <laughs> out things very sensitively, but in, in a more scientific, sort of robust way, you're trying to take that to a more usable level. So what... What, what are you studying? So what we're studying is we collect breath. And when we collect breath, we just attach a mask um, to the patient uh, or the participant in the study. And they breathe very comfortably in the mask. And the breath is actually collected in tiny little Tenex tubes that are then run through a mass spectrometer so that we can identify every single compound that's in there. And the difference between us and the dog is that we'll actually be able to take this back, hopefully, to the biology of cancer. So our breath actually represents your entire body's metabolism. We exhale all those met metabolic endpoints out into our breath, so it tells us how things are working in our body. And so what we're specifically looking at is, why do some patients who have never smoked get lung cancer, whereas others don't? And is there a difference in their metabolism or how they, their body breaks things down that we're exposed to in the environment every day, like air pollution? And we suspect that patients who develop lung cancer and who have never smoked have a difference in their metabolism of those, those environmental okay. inhalants. So let me make sure I understand this right. You're saying that uh, we're, all exposed, we're all exposed to pollutants in the environment aside from um, personal choices around cigarette smoking or vaping or, mm -hmm. or et cetera. Um, and we all then deal with those pollutants in a different way. And by analyzing breath, you can figure out how you and I might differ in metabolizing those pollutants. And then the next step is, are some of those 
metabolisms or, or lack of metabolisms associated with cancer. Absolutely. Okay. So we will look at the difference between, say, you and I, or specifically um, look at the difference between someone who has had a lung cancer and who hasn't, and look at how their metabolite, their metabolism difference, how they how their body deals with that. But then the really nice thing that we hope this is a small pilot study that the grant has given us the opportunity to really get off the ground. So we're very grateful to be able to begin this. We're excited about it. We think we can really make a difference for never smokers with this horrible disease and take it back to identifying all of those compounds. And then we can take it back and extrapolate back to see what is creating these different metabolites or causing this and really look at the biology of cancer or shed some light on that is the hope. And uh, so, how are you getting on with the project? Is it um, is it up and running? Are you are you are you enrolling participants already? We are. So, um, one of the challenges we is to do the breath. Um, we needed to create obviously a breath lab. So uh, we are, as to our knowledge, the first breath biopsy lab in Canada. So we um, again, the grant has given us the ability to get that up and running. We are recruiting participants and um, starting starting the trial. We've had uh, several people come through and do the trial. Um, it's really well tolerated. It's a bit of a long day uh, because we do do different time points. So we take a breath sample at, you take a peppermint tab, then we do a breath sample at 30 minutes, at an hour, at two hours, at six hours. So it's, it's a bit of a long day for our participants. So we're also grateful for their time. It's really important. And, and presumably you need to know things like where they live and what the potential pollution in the air might be in those areas? Absolutely. And we also, uh, the participants take home a personal um, PM 2.5 monitor. So we know what they're exposed to in their environment. But we also need to know details of, did you brush your teeth today? Did you drink a cup of coffee? What did you brush your teeth with? So all of that, it's a very, very uh, sensitive test. It picks up everything. So we do a very full questionnaire of all the things that might might affect their breath. Wow. It, uh, I would never have thought uh, just two years ago that breathomics was going to be uh, potentially helping uh, lung cancer. When, um, when would it be reasonable for me to book 20 minutes of your time to come back and do this again <laughs> for some results? Um, I'm hoping within six months we'll be done all of our recruitment and have our patients through, and then we'll be playing with the data. It's large volumes of data because each breath biopsy has over 200 volatile organics or things that we pick up and can read in someone's breath. So it's, it's a lot of work to, to get through all that. So that'll um, be exciting and a learning experience as well. But um, I would think in six months, we really hope to have some results. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, um, Dr. Myers, thank you very much for joining the podcast. And for those listening, I should just say um, a little bit about uh, Jeff Ogram. Uh, Jeff was a, um, a lung cancer patient, um, very much loved in the Lung Cancer Canada uh, community. He was uh, a board member of ours for many years, and uh, his um, his family, in his memory, have established the Jeff Ogram Memorial Research Fund, which is um, giving out these uh, these awards, uh, these grants, and, and of which you you're the initial recipient. So we're very grateful to the Ogram family uh, for establishing this in in Jeff's name. So thank you again, Dr. Myers, and good luck with the research. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks to our producer, Ryan Mullen. Please send us your feedback, like and follow us on Facebook at LungCan, on Twitter at LungCancer underscore Can, and on Instagram at LungCancerCanada. 
For more information about lung cancer or to donate, volunteer or share your story, visit our webpage at lungcancercanada.ca.